Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanless Podcast. Back after uh, a little bit out, um, we, we've been a bit jumbled our schedule recently, uh, probably will be a little bit all over the place uh, in the next couple of weeks, busy times for the two of us. Um, but as ever, uh, Marcus Ali is joining me for this one. Marcus, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, despite having a busy schedule, I've been delighted to have the American hard court, hard court swing rumbling away in the background, although it's a nice period of the year to follow, and, and I'm looking forward to talking about it today with you. Yeah, exciting times for, for both Marcus and I, uh, starting different jobs next week. So lots to be thinking about, but I can never be distracted from the tennis. Uh, as ever, what we're going to do is we're going to quickly sort of briefly round up what happened last week. Uh, it's obviously a, a little while ago now, with it being Thursday. Uh, we'll go through the, the two ATP tournaments last week, uh, have also a discussion about the Olympics. Um, which, of course, were very surprising when we get on to that, uh, the results of that. And, uh, and then we'll have a, a more in-depth look at Washington, which is ongoing this week. Uh, we'll be concluding in, in just four days. Uh, so we're at the, nearly at the halfway stage of, of that tournament, the City Open in, in Washington. Uh, but we'll start with Atlanta, uh, the American tournament. We spoke on the last podcast about how dominant John Isner is at this event. Uh, 11 times this tournament has been played. Isner has now made the final of nine of them, uh, taking his sixth title in Atlanta. Um, you know, Nadal at Roland Garros is, is getting sort of stretched at, at, at those sorts of stats. Um, Isner really dominating that tournament. He got revenge on Brandon Nakashima uh, in the final, who had beaten him the week before in, in Los Cabos. Uh, Isner winning the final 7-6 uh, in the first set it was a 10-8 tiebreak. He saved two match points off of the, the young American and then broke the young American in the very last match of the game. It was the only break in the whole match and it was the, the last match of the uh, last game in the match. 7-5, uh, he took that set against the, the then 19-year-old Nakashima has just turned 20 in the last couple of days, it's been a brilliant couple of weeks for, for Brandon Nakashima making two back-to-back finals, I believe, uh, from from Los Cabos and Atlanta. But firstly, uh, John Isner, the big serving John Isner, uh, back into the world's top 30, uh, a sixth title in Atlanta. Uh, before I, I come to you, Marcus, I'll, I'll just leave you with this brilliant stat. He's joined Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic to become the fourth man, the only other man in history to lift six trophies at the same event. Um, though the others all have done it at multiple events, uh, Isner has done it at Atlanta. Marcus, a, a word on John Isner. Yeah, I think he'll be very happy to sort of get into that elite group at the age of 36, getting that sixth title. Um, it almost looked never in doubt, didn't it? I mean, there was some 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 very close sets, obviously, as you always get with players like Isner, you know, tie breaks in, in virtually every match. I think there was, um, you know, push, push to three sets by Jeffrey John Wolf, Christopher O'Connell and Taylor Fritz. But I think, you know, he uses experience and uh, yeah, I don't think he ever doubted his ability in this week. It has been a rough year for him. Um, I think he started the year, I'm guessing here, but around probably the 20 mark in the rankings, 20 to 25 and it had fallen all the way outside the top 40 before before this week really getting it together. And had he not backed up 
Um, I assume he would have lost some points if he, if, if he didn't win the tournament in Atlanta last week. So possibly even even pushing him to fall uh, out of the world's top 50. So to get himself back on track with the win at Atlanta is, is crucial for his year. Um, Needs to get into some form in time for the US Open. You know, it could be a good event for him and, and, and possibly, you know, you never know one of, the, one of the last chances he gets to play in Flushing Meadows now at the age of 36. So, yeah. Um, amazing for him to be in such esteemed company, as you say, with that statistic. Um, but yeah, an awesome week. Um, Nakashima has continued his excellent form even into the, the week in, in Washington. So what an incredible run he's having. So isn't it to, to knock him out in straight sets in the, in the final is a sign of his class. Um, and yeah, I think this this part of the year does does really suit the big American. But no, it's, it's great to see him. him earn such a great accolade at the age of 36. Yeah, it's a good point you make, actually. If he hadn't won that final, he, he wouldn't have gained or lost any points uh, in the rankings because of being runner-up in, in 2019 uh, to Nick Kyrgios, which is when the, the ranking points backdate to. So, yeah, really vital that he got that win to, to progress in the rankings. And, and Nakashima, talking about rankings, he has risen 45 places in the last two weeks uh, with those two finals. Um, this year, he's got an 8-4 to four, uh, record on the the ATP tour, uh, main tour. Um, so doing that as a 19-year-old, really, really impressive and, and turned 20 just a couple of days ago and and beat Dan Evans uh, yesterday in Washington. We'll get on to Washington a bit later, but a, a massive win for the young American. It uh, looked really, really good and be interesting to see how far he can go. Um, so the second tournament on, on the tour uh, last week was Kitzbühel in Austria. Casper uh, Ruud became the first player in, in a decade to win three titles in three weeks. Uh, he won Bastad and Gustad uh, the, the weeks before last. Um, so a 12-match winning streak uh, came into this one. Number one seed, the 22-year-old uh, beat Pedro Martinez in, in his first ATP Tour final. Uh, beat Martinez 6-1, 4-6, A really good week for the, the Spaniard. Um, the 24-year-old uh, Martinez, or yeah, I think think 24. Um, he rose uh, 21 spaces uh, places to a career high of 76, and and got his biggest ever win of his career uh, against uh, Batista Agu, the world number 16. That's biggest win in, in terms of world ranking. Casper uh, Ruud, though, uh, of course, the the champion wasn't the best start for him, uh, being taken to a deciding set against the world number. 163 Viela Martinez uh, or Vieira, I should say that that should be pronounced. Um, but did much better to, to get wins against uh, Mikhail Yumet, uh, Ima, uh, the very informed 26 year old Rindanek, uh, who had beaten Delbon East Rune and Korinovic on his way. So that that French player, uh, Rindanek, really just stacking up those wins, one of one of the highest totals. Uh, on, on tour and in the Challenger Tour of the year, as we mentioned the, the other week. Um, but another another title for Casparudo. I think the general consensus is perhaps he hasn't been pushed too much in these three weeks. But but Marcus, I think to get three titles in, in three weeks, regardless of who you're playing or what the tournament is, is, is pretty impressive. Immense kudos to Casparudo. I think he's always been a player that's looked after his fitness quite well. Um, we've seen him be sort of up and down in the earlier parts of this year, sometimes pulling out of tournaments, sometimes maybe conserving a bit of energy, but none of that uh, in this incredible 12-match winning streak. Obviously, one of them was a, was a walkover. But I think that this Kitzbühel win was, was definitely the toughest of the three. 
Um, you know, you look at, I think it was Bastad and he didn't have to beat a player or maybe didn't have to beat a player in the top 100 to get to the final. Um, then it, then in Gustad, it was the same, except he beat Benoit Pair um, in one of the earlier rounds. But this one was completely different. Um, you know, Bileo Martinez in the first round. But then, yeah, Mikhail Merah for Rindanek and Pedro Martinez are all, all difficult matches. And with the sort of workload that he'd had in the last couple of weeks to be able to, to really grind them out was impressive, I think. Michele Mer will be, will be disappointed that he didn't put him, put him out. I think it was a set and a break up in that match and Rube was, was able to grind it out. Um, and yeah, no, as you mentioned, Pedro Martinez has, has had an excellent week and was able to push Rude to, to a decider even when the end was in sight. So yeah, Rude up to 12 in the world. Very impressive. Um, I, think, I think the majority of maybe tennis pundits are kind of saying... Yeah, we accept you can do this now, Casper. Um, you know, what 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 have you got outside of, of the clay courts? But um, I think, yeah, as as you rightly say, three tournaments back to back to back uh, has got to be applauded no matter no matter where you're playing it. Yeah, Marcus, well, I just want to get your thoughts on this. I was reading an article uh, uh, from, from our friends at Tennishead um, just earlier today, and Casper Rude actually said in an interview after winning that title... Um, he knew that the big three, uh, as in, of course, Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, were were quite a way off of his level at one point. But uh, he now is saying that he thinks that the three of them are, are maybe not as far away as he thought. Uh, the, the way he phrased it, uh, he was phrasing it as if he's quite close to them now and, and he seems quite confident that he can be beating can be beating anyone. I mean, I suppose Federer, of course, Um you know, you'd expect Rude could be able to beat now. Uh, Federer hasn't played much, of course. But um, very interesting quote. He said, uh, maybe those big three are, are not as far away from me as I think they are. I mean, what, what do you think about Casper Rude uh, sort of knocking on the door of those those big players now? I, I know, as you mentioned, we, we've got to really see him prove it off of a clay court. But um, if you look at the, the clay court prowess that he's, that he's put on... Uh, you know, you, you've got to think that, that he is starting to, to be talked about in, in the mix of those big players if he's now up to 12 in the world. Yeah, for me, he beats Federer on clay, um, you know, but he would be the only one. Um, I, I don't know, it's, it's good to see him brimming with confidence after the wins and, and saying things like that, whether he's, I don't know, maybe just saying it to try and send a message out or, or anything like that. I, I guess we don't really know. But no, it's, uh, I think it's good to see. I think, as I say, I think he could beat Federer, but it, it's going to be a bit of a balancing act. I mean, these players, you know, Nadal at 35, Djokovic at 34, you would think they can't get any better. And Kasper Ruud at, at 22, flying, is getting better at a rapid rate. So maybe he's just seeing those two levels maybe reaching each other at some kind of middle point a bit quicker than he was expecting um yeah no idea how much to re read into that comment too much but um but no it's good to see someone play someone, someone say something as uh as maybe controversial as that rather than the, the usual post-match interview PR jargon yeah I think you, you say that we're not sure if Djokovic and Nadal can get any better I, I do think Djokovic this year certainly, certainly at Ronald Garros for me showed at another level. But uh, yeah, I, I think you know we, we've got to hope that they do slow down at, at some point. And and on the topic of Djokovic, let's um, move to the Olympics. Uh, we normally are very focused on the ATP tour on this podcast, but we're we're going to turn our attention to the Olympics uh, just just for a little bit because there was some quite big 
results in this. Now, Djokovic, of course, uh, is going for the calendar Grand Slam uh, of recent. We've been hearing golden Grand Slam. Uh, he, he could become, the, I think, the first man ever in history to uh, win an Olympic gold medal, uh, as well as doing the, the calendar Grand Slam in the year. In fact, though, it wasn't to be for the world number one Serb. Uh, he made the semi-finals, uh, but he didn't even come away with a medal, um, which was quite remarkable. He lost in the semi-final um, to Alexander Zverev. He was 6-1, 3-1 up and went on a, a massive downfall. I think he lost about seven or eight games in a row in that match. Um, it certainly would have been, if I do my maths very quickly now, he would have won one game in the last 12, I make that. Um, colossal. Uh, fall apart from Djokovic there. Brilliant performance from Zverev. Um, then Djokovic lost the, the bronze medal match to Pablo Creno Busta, who was very emotional to take the bronze medal. It was a really nice uh, video to see uh, when, when you sent me his post-match interview, Marcus. Um, you know, a, the, one of the real grinders on the tour, hard workers, uh, getting a bronze medal. And, and you could just tell how much it meant for him. But um before we go on to, to the medal winners and, and congratulate them, let's just talk about Djokovic because he fell apart in that Karenio Busta match. He threw his racket into the crowd. Uh, well, there wasn't a crowd, beg your pardon. He threw it into the stands. Um, he was all over the place shouting and, and he, he looked like he wanted, did not want to be there at all. Do we read into this too much? Do, do we think this might knock his confidence a little bit ahead of the US Open, or would it maybe have the reverse effect and, and fire him up even more? What do you think? I think everyone's prone to a bit of Benoit pair behaviour from time to time. Um, but no, I think, sort of having seen Djokovic over a long period of time, I do think that anger and a defeat does spur him on even more. Um, you know, we saw him, I think, I think he won one of the Masters tournaments that was after the US Open last year, where obviously against Karenna Busta, coincidentally, uh, he defaulted and, and, and I think he just wiped the floor of everyone that week and, and kind of got it out of his system and, and sort of tried to put it to the back of his mind. And of course, has, has gone on to win the, the three first Grand Slams of, of 2021 since then. Um, I, I'm not concerned at all. I, it was not great scenes, really. Um, you know, I, I know there's no crowds in the stand, but you still shouldn't be really throwing your racket that far. Um, you know, we see players break them on the court quite often, um, but that was quite uh, quite bizarre. Um, but yeah, it, it was clear how much he wanted to to win an Olympic medal. Obviously, I think he's got silver in the past, um, so maybe that bronze medal match didn't mean as as much to him as, as maybe it should have done. Maybe he was kind of still bubbling with anger over the loss to Zverev throughout that match against Karenno Busta. Um, you know, it, it's done now. I don't, I, don't, I don't think we can maybe draw too many conclusions from it until we see what kind of state he's in and if he plays any pre preparation tournaments for the US Open. Um, so yeah, quite concerning scenes, but I think the kind of the, the the incredibly driven player that he is, I, I think he'll just use that as motivation to sort of push himself back in the right direction. Yeah, a bronze medal uh, Djokovic took in, in Beijing. Uh, he's actually lost. Um, he, he's, he's actually played in three bronze medal matches now. Won that one in Beijing, lost to, uh, I, I think it was Del Potro, in the London uh, bronze medal match, I'm fairly certain that's right. Um, 
and uh, and 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 of course this one I don't think he played at Rio. Um, but yeah, um, I personally do think this could knock him a little bit. I, I'm I'm still confident he wins the US Open, but I do feel I'm a little bit less confident. Um, but 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 we'll see we'll see. I, I I when I say less confident, I think I'm just saying that I've gone from a ninety five percent to a eighty five percent. So still very confident Djokovic will, will win that. Now let's just talk about um, Alexander Zverev. I haven't even mentioned who he beat in the final. That was Karen Hatchinoff, the twenty five year old, getting a silver medal. Had a really good week, the the Russian. Um, but it was Zverev who, who took gold. Um, and and. You know, we can talk about Djokovic's meltdowns, but to, to, to come down from, to come back, sorry, from from six one three one down against Djokovic and, and go on to win a gold medal at the Olympics, I mean that that's you, you can. It's hard to sort of uh, compare where the Olympics, uh, how it tallies up to to tour tournaments, but I do look at that and I think in the context of beating Djokovic from that scoreline down in the semi final. I look at that and I do think surely that's got to be Zverev's best achievement of his career. Well, obviously the ATP Tour Finals, I think, would would overdo that. I, I wouldn't say the Olympics is on the same level as that in terms of sort of prestige. But when he looks back on his career, depending on what he achieves, obviously, uh, I think only 24, he's got plenty of time. An Olympic gold medal is the ultimate in a, in a lot of sports. It just, ha- just so happens that tennis, you'd argue, probably isn't one of them. Um but if Zverev maybe doesn't go on to win a Grand Slam title, then maybe he, w- he would look back on that moment in uh, even more fondly than his than his ATP Tour Finals win. I kind of rank the Olympics as about a Masters level tournament. Um, obviously, that's a, a a debate with no correct answer, but um, I, I kind of rank it around around there. I, I do think it suited Zverev the, the kind of um, you know no crowds kind of taken. There was no weight of expectation on him. Um, he was able to go into that Djokovic match in fine form because he made um, quite easy work of his his sort of running uh, to that match. But yeah, just also to to you know he he knew how much pressure was on Djokovic, how much Djokovic wanted the, wanted to take the gold medal and then go on to the U.S. Open, and also Zverev, of course, going building towards um, the tournament, which got him his, his first uh, Grand Slam final last year at the US Open so yeah really impressive from Zverev uh, you know not uh, important not to read too much into it because I think there's a, a lot of players that maybe weren't playing this event and and obviously the the three set uh, format does make it differ from from the Grand Slams um, obviously um, but yeah I think Zverev should be should be building confidence ahead of the US Open. He has got a game that suits up really well to the American hardcore swing. So hopefully he can take plenty of confidence and and, and really kick on from here. Yeah, I think when talking about how how big the Olympics is, I think to be honest, it depends more on the individual playing. I think uh, we might see it and, and think it's about a Masters level, but I, I I think there will be some players in there that will. I mean, we only have to look at Pablo Cronio Busta. Um, you know, winning that Olympic gold medal was, he even said in his interview, like, I think his greatest achievement ever. Um, I, I think it maybe depends on, on how the player views the Olympics, um, because, as you say, there are other sports, it is a much bigger thing than Olympic gold. Um, and, and some players at the Olympics will probably see it as a, as a huge achievement. Um and, and, and hopefully Zverev does, and, and hopefully it gives him confidence going into the US Open. 
I still have my major doubts about him at grandstand level uh, and, and that week doesn't change that so much. Um, but we'll see how he does at uh, the, the US Open and, and see if he can uh, keep sort of momentum from that US Open last year, of course, which he made the final of um, his only Grand Slam final to date. Uh, again, let's move on to Washington, the, the City Open. Um, the round of 16 matches all happen tonight, so we're going to go through them uh, in, in, in just a moment. Um, just some big results so far. Um, the third and the fourth seeds have both gone out in the, in their first matches. That was in the second round because they both had buys. Alex Dimeneur losing from a setup to, to the 31-year-old Steve Johnson, who uh, is on some good form, to be fair. Beat Poppy Rin last week in Atlanta. It's impressive. Uh, and the fourth seed, Grigor Dimitrov, going out to Ilya Ravashka. And this kind of escaped me. Um, Ilya Ravashka, in his last 14 matches, uh, has, has won 11 and lost three. He's on brilliant form, uh, the, the Belarusian. Um, really, really doing well. Um, so he he marches on. Uh, Nick Kyrgios is out, lost in straight sets to Mackenzie McDonald in, in his sort of second uh, tour comeback. Uh, we, we saw him beat Kevin Anderson last week before going out to, to Cam Norrie in Atlanta. Um, I think that's right, it was Cam Norrie. Yeah, Marcus is nodding. Um, uh, interesting result as well, Rafa Nadal is, is top of this draw. Um, did get the win against former top tenner Jack Sock, but uh, was taken to a tie break in the third set, which he has to win 7-1. I mean, Jack Sock's mainly playing challenger tour these days. Um, so not really a, a convincing result from Nadal, but nonetheless, uh, he has made the fourth round. So uh, we're going to, as I say, just go through all eight of the, the fourth round, uh, round uh, sorry, third round, um, round of 16 matches. Uh, we'll, we'll go through uh, sort of in, in, in sort of order of the draw. So, so we'll start with Rafa Nadal, top seed. He will face... Uh, 14th seed, uh, Lloyd Harris, the, the South African. Uh, first meeting between the two of them, uh, even with that that result, that not convincing result against Sock, you'd of course have to think Nadal is his favourite going into this. Harris was uh, the beneficiary of a, a, a retirement from Tennis Sandgren in the last round. Uh, and then below them, you've got Kai Nishikori uh, coming off the back of a good Olympics, actually a home Olympics, got a good couple of good wins there before being demolished by Djokovic, I think in, in the third or fourth match. Uh, and he'll face the very informed Cam Norrie of a seventh seed. So uh, I'll quickly give predictions. I'll go for uh, Nadal in straight sets and uh, Cam Norrie in three sets. Fair enough. I think uh, if you'd said at the start of the year that by uh, where we at now, the start of August, you'd be seeing Cameron Norrie as favourite to beat Kei Nishikori. I think we would have been you know, very impressed and excited by the prospect just speaks to, to what incredible form he's on. Nishikori, I think his ranking of 67 is, is definitely a little harsh. Obviously, he got some good wins in the Olympics, beating Sam Querrey and Alexander Bublik already this week are, are impressive. So I think he might have the minerals just to go over the line here. I think Nishikori in three. And then I'm also going to predict another three-setter. I think Lloyd Harris has shown in glimpses this year that there is a, a potentially maybe a top 30 player in there. Um, obviously had that great week in Dubai. And I think if Jack Sock can push Nadal to three sets, then Lloyd Harris is definitely capable of it. However, I am going to go for the world number three, Rafael Nadal, to win it. 
in in three sets over Harris. I do. Uh, I think I saw on uh, Twitter today that if Nadal doesn't win the whole tournament, then he'll fall away uh, to number four in the world. I think Sitsipas will overtake him and, and, and go to number three. So he's got that to play for as well. Uh, that on his mind. Um, but I think the South African can test him. Okay, so the next two matches uh, on the round of 16, uh, Ilya Avashka uh, against Mackenzie McDonald, both unseeded. Uh, Avashka coming through against compatriot uh, Gerasimov and then fourth seed Dimitrov, as we said, uh, whilst Mackenzie McDonald uh, registering that really good win over Kyrgios and, and then beating Benoit Pair in, in three sets. So both players in, in good form. McDonald uh, did well over the grass court season, actually, uh, qualified for Wimbledon. I uh, believe he lost uh, a couple of weeks ago to, to Escobedo, though. Um, so, you know, he, he, he uh, has had a couple of losses since uh, getting onto the hard courts that you would have thought he'd have won. Uh, I'm going to go for Ivashka to win that match in three. And then you've got Dennis Cudler against the, the very informed Nakashima, the, the all-American battle. And Nakashima, of course, beating Dan Evans um, after Alexi Poppy ran two really good straight sets wins against... Two dangerous players, two title winners uh, this year. Um, so Brandon Nakashima just looking really, really impressive. Uh, Kubler uh, also having a good year. Uh, he came through against Feliciano Lopez in the first round and then uh, really upset Taylor Fritz, the, the Champions League. That was a surprising result, actually, in, in the second round. Um, I'm going to go for Brandon Nakashima to win that in straight set. Yeah, fair play. I think maybe with the top 100 in sight, Mackenzie McDonald can can sort of uh, roll back the years to his early 20s when I think he pushed the top 50. So I think he can get the win over Ilya Ivashka. Maybe a bit of an outsider shout there. And then Kudla Nakashima is an interesting one. You know, I was banking on Nakashima, maybe even pulling out or at least suffering some kind of fatigue this week, but smashing past Popperin and Evans, um, getting a wild card into this event, of course, Um you know, it's been really impressive. Could like expected him to beat Lopez, but definitely not Fritz in agreement with you. Um, but you can't write Nakashima off at the moment, so I'm gonna have to go Nakashima uh, and straights as well. I'll go for uh, so the next match, a really enticing match actually between uh Yannick Sinner and, and Seb Corda. I think that's the um 15th seed, uh, sorry, the fifth seed against the, the 12th seed. Um, Yannick Sinner uh, coming into this tournament on, on the back of some poor form after losing to Nadal at the French Open, uh, losses to Jack Draper uh, in, in, in Queens, uh, Fucevitz at Wimbledon, and, and then Chris O'Connell um, in uh, Atlanta last week was a huge surprise. Uh, so quite a reassuring win uh, yesterday as he got through against Emil Roussevori. Uh, who's been playing well in the last couple of weeks as well, actually. So a, a good reassuring straight sets win for Yannick Sinner and, and he'll face the young American Seb Corder, who has come through against uh, Vasek Pospisil by in the first round. Um, hard one to call this. I went for a quarter to win this, I think, on my predictions at the beginning of the week. I I maybe do lean towards Sinner now, just uh, with, with that convincing win over Rusabori. I'm, I'm hoping for his sake he can turn his form around a little bit. So I'm, I'm going to go for Sinner in, in three sets. I think that could be a really good match. That is on prime of uh, this tournament. So uh, that match uh, is one of the first matches tonight. I might try and catch a bit of that. Um, and then the match below, uh, an, an unlikely match, uh, the World 81 against the World 86 with uh, Steve Johnson facing... Ricardis Barankis, uh, Johnson, as I said earlier, beating Alex Dimonur, also got through a 
Ramanathan in the first round of qualifier of India. Uh, Brankis also got through against qualifying the first round of Kruja of uh, America. And, uh, and then beating the 15th seed Ketchmanovic, who's uh, not been on great form uh, of late this this Well, I'd say this year, I, I, I can't really remember him of, of too much of recent uh, going on a, a good run, the, uh, the Serbian. Uh, this match, I'll go for Steve Johnson to win in straight sets. I'm going to disagree with you on the first match. I think Sebastian Corey is still in better form than Yannick Sinner. I think maybe with the home crowd, he should be able to get over the line here. Um, so yeah, I'll go for quarter and straights there, and then yeah, Steve Johnson in straights. I think, yeah, Ketchmanovic really having a sort of stuttering year in his, in his early 20s. I think Barankis, yeah, I'm, I'm not sort of taking too much from him getting through that pathway and into the last 16. So yeah, Johnson and quarter and straights, quite a yeah, um, quite a straightforward one, those two for me, I think. And then the the, the bottom uh quarter. Of the draw, you've got uh, my pick to get to the final where uh, the HC big serving Riley Opelka, he'll face John Millman. Uh, both of them having buys in the first round, uh, and then Opelka getting through against Galan Riveros in straights. Uh, Millman a good win uh, over Elias Ema, uh, who had upset uh, Jordan Thompson in the first round, the, the Swedish qualifier. Um, I will go for Riley Opelka in straight sets though for that match. I think the uh, the hard courts uh, in, in his home country will definitely suit him and I, I still back him to get to the final. And then a, a really interesting uh, match at the bottom of the draw, you've got Felix Auger-Aliassim uh, against Jensen Brooksby, the uh, young American, 20 years old, uh, really made his name when he got to the final of, of Newport uh, a few weeks ago, uh, got a couple of uh, wins in a challenger tournament uh, last week. Uh, before coming back to uh, the main tour, he's beaten Kevin Anderson, who he lost to in that final at Newport, uh, and Francis Tiafo. So two really good straight sets wins for the young American uh, against Felix Auger-Aliassime. I'm going to go for it this one. I'm going to go for uh, Jensen Brooksby to beat Auger-Aliassime in in three sets. Bold. Um, I am really excited for this match, as, as you are, but I think I'm going to go the other way around. I think Auger Aliassim can get it done uh, in three sets. Obviously, the win over Kevin Anderson is particularly impressive for Brooksby. I think it was Newport that Anderson ended up taking the title, beating Brooksby in the final. So nice for, for the 20-year-old to get one over the South African in that one. Yeah, the Tiafo win is also impressive, but I think FAA can can grind it out in, in three sets. Is much more experienced at the level. And then, yeah, I agree with you, Riley Opelka, when that serve's coming out, you know, he really does take the racket out of your hand at times. John Millman has the ability to get past him, but um, he's going to have to play really well um, if he's if he's going to get past Opelka because on a good day, it's an extremely difficult matchup. So, yeah, in his home country, I think Opelka in straights, yeah, I think he can manage that. Again, I'm looking ahead in the draw. Um, beginning of the week, as always, Marcus and I do our predicted draws. Um we both went for a big one in the quarterfinal. We both went for Cam Norrie, the Brit, uh, to beat top seed uh, Rafael Nadal uh, in, in the quarterfinal. I'm, I'm going to be sticking with that. I think Norrie's on fantastic form. I think the conditions in Washington suit him. Uh, Nadal, not so much, uh, of, of course, uh, with him being more suited to the clay anyway. He's done very good things on the hard court, won the US Open, uh, I think, three or four times now. Um 
But for, for me, Cam Norrie, uh, I think, is favourite to get through that quarter. And Nadal's uh, come out this weekend and been spoke, speaking of uh, some injury problems that he faced after the, the French Open and wasn't able to train for a, for a little while. So uh, I do think he probably comes into this tournament a little bit underprepared compared to the likes of, of Cam Norrie. Uh, Cam Norrie is my favourite to win the tournament, the seventh seed, uh, and, and I'm still going to stick with that final I had at the beginning of the week uh, for him to face Riley Opelka, the seventh against the eighth seed, uh, and Cam Norrie to, to win it. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, Marcus, um, I know you were backing Nick Kyrgios at the beginning of the week. Always, uh, you know, definitely a good shout if he's playing. Uh, didn't obviously materialise uh, against McDonald. What are you looking at now in, in the draw? Well, I had Kyrgios to go on to beat Sebastian Korda in the final. Um, you know, Korda's still in the tournament. Decent win over Vasek Pospisil. So I'm going to stick to my guns there. Um, you know, Kyrgios out on the other side of the draw. So maybe Korda can go on and, uh, yeah, make it all the way to, to what would be his second um, ATP career, career title. It would be his first on a hard court. I just think he's playing so well at the moment. Had a great Wimbledon. Um, you know, performed better on the clay than I expected him to. And, um, yeah, it's just continuing his relentless upward trajectory. Um, yeah, I, the, the match against Yannick Sinner could be an absolute belter tonight. Um, that, that really, the, the stage is set really for, for an absolute classic there. Uh, of course, uh, you know, I've matched you up with Norrie to beat Nadal. Be interesting to see if Nadal can get into some rhythm. Obviously, had to really grind it out against Jack Sock, but did get over the line. Lloyd Harris is, is, a, is an interesting test. So, yeah, I'm going to go for Sebastian Corder. Um, yeah, who's who I've gone with on Tennis Draw Challenge to make the final. Um, so, yeah, maybe you can go one better. What a year he's having. Okay, well, that pretty much uh, wraps up this, this episode. We've got through quite a lot quite quickly uh, in this episode. Um, as I say, not 100% sure when we'll be back next. Uh, busy schedules uh, at the moment, but uh, we will keep the episodes come in of course and, and we'll be rounding up uh approaching i think the masters tournament starting next week i believe um so uh that there's always uh that will be really interesting to talk about going into the us open uh, can anyone stop uh Djokovic? that's the real question um marcus thank you very much for joining me Thanks, yeah. Good to get back chatting about the tour. Looking forward to the conclusions of, of this event in Washington. And then, yeah, we'll be looking forward to, to the rest of the American hardcore swing. Yeah, uh, have a good week, guys, and we'll see you next time.